Greetings and salutations, sports fans nationwide. You have entered the Sports Opinion Log podcast. I'm your host, the People's Sportscast, Lex Anderson. NBA action, starting with my and your LA Lakers, who were gifted game two on a silver platter. John Morant, his right hand, the muscles, the soft tissue, he couldn't take to the court. And instead of dominating and going up 2-0 in the series, it's tied at one game apiece as the Grizzlies, who are dangerous without John Morant, take down the Lakers 103-93 final score. And I am... I'm not going to say I'm beyond devastated. I'm not going to say I'm beyond frustrated. Dare I say I'm disappointed because the Lakers have this tendency, for some reason, to play down to the competition. It also doesn't help that the Lakers are still heavy with the turnovers. It also doesn't help that D'Angelo Russell... 5 points, 2 of 11 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3, goes MIA. Anthony Davis, 13 points, 9 rebounds, 4 of 14 from the field. Meanwhile, you know, I am always concerned about X-Factors in the playoffs. And again, we know that the Memphis Grizzlies, they've shown that they could win without John Morant. Last season, he missed multiple games with an ankle injury, and the Grizzlies reeled off, I believe, 13 to 15 games straight, tying or surpassing their franchise record in the absence of John Morant. They have Desmond Bain. They have Dylan Brooks. Jaron Jackson Jr. Again, there is no Steve Adams. There's no Steven Adams because of his knee. So, who would have thought? I never saw it coming that the X Factor would be Xavier Tillman, who drops a career high 22 points and 13 rebounds, their third string center outplaying Anthony Davis. I'm disgusted. Jaron Jackson Jr., Defensive Player of the Year, 18 points. Bain, 17. Jones, 10. All the Grizzly starters came through to win the game and dropping double figures. <laughs> Double digits, excuse me, double digits. So, again, the Lakers, three-point shooting, atrocious, 7 of 26, 26.9%. Grizzlies were a shade better, but still terrible, 11 of 36 for 30.6%. And then the ultimate indignity, Dylan Brooks calling LeBron old, saying he's not afraid of him, saying that he would have preferred to have been able to defend LeBron in his prime, which he said were the Cleveland and Miami Heat years. 
Oof. That's just damning. The Lakers did not step up. LeBron did lead the Lakers with 28 points and 12 rebounds. His 103rd career playoff game with 20 plus points and 10 plus rebounds. Tying Tim Duncan for fourth most all time. With only Shaquille O'Neal, Karl Malone, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar ahead of him on this list. Rui Hashimura, well, he came to play. He recreated his first game by having 20 points in this game. But Anthony Davis, nowhere to be found. Two of his shots were blocked. Lakers had five of their 10 turnovers in the first quarter, which Memphis turned into 10 points. It's just annoying. It's just so annoying. All these unnecessary turnovers. Why? Why? Like, why are the Lakers just turning it over haphazardly? Turning it over like they haven't played together. Turning it over like they haven't been together. Like they haven't practiced together. I'm sick of seeing it. The series was there. The series was there. The basketball gods were saying, Hey, LA, John Moran wants to be a nationwide sports leader, highlight reel, wants to go for a dunk, and then falls on his hand trying to brace himself. He won't be available. Take the game two. And what do the Lakers do? They make it harder on themselves. Anything can happen. I had said Lakers in six because I believe, but I would be feeling a whole lot better if they were up 2-0 coming to LA instead of the series being tied. Because again, the Grizzlies without John Morant are still a dangerous team. Did anyone on the Lakers coaching staff not get that memo? Is anyone not paying attention? And then you want to have the villain, Dylan Brooks, talking his garbage. Not everybody hates the Grizzlies, which is fine, well-deserved. But the Lakers have to do better. Have to do better, have to play better. Anthony Davis, I mean, that's how I feel. Ridiculous. What's going on? Why isn't anyone properly stepping up? And, you know, D'Angelo Russell, D'Lo, he, what? You know, you come back to the team, you say you want to help win, you want to help bring a championship, and then you deliver a subpar game. Oh, and by the way, the Grizzlies are 37-24 and 24 without John Morant all time. So they know how to get the job done in the absence, which is even more damning why the Lakers did not take advantage of his absence. We're talking about a man that could potentially drop anywhere between 25 and 40 plus points. And you want to get dominated by Xavier Tillman. It's almost funny. It, it kind of reminds me of when LeBron was playing uh summer basketball and he was like defending some guy they said was like a postal worker or something (laughs) 
Oh my god. But I still will stand by it. Lakers in six. But let's get this first game in Crypto.com Arena. Now, for this podcast episode, I will only be talking about West Coast games in particular, unless something really crazy happy happens, excuse me, in the Eastern Conference. But for a while I've been talking about Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray not dropping the points that I needed from him to show that he was back to being Bubble Murray. If you do or don't remember, during the pandemic in 2020, when the NBA restarted and salvaged the season to the corporate sponsors, which is why they had to get it done, Bubble Murray went toe-for-toe with Donovan Spider-Mitchell. They were dropping 50-point games on one another. It was crazy. It was historic. But then, sadly, the following season, Jamal Murray had uh, tore his ACL playing against the Golden State Warriors. 18 months of rehab. It was rumored that he could have came back last year for the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs, but there was uh, rumors or whispers in the wind that he didn't want to take on the Golden State Warriors because that was the team he was playing against when he suffered that ACL tear. Well, I have some good news for everybody. The good news is that it looks like Jamal Murray, I'm not going to call him Bubble Murray because I saw in the post-game interview, he said he is that same man. He is not two separate people. And that's fine. Whatever works for him. But last night, he dropped a 40-point game. Yes, a 40-point game out-dueling Anthony Edwards who dropped 41 points and the Denver Nuggets take game two, 122-113 final score to go up two games to nothing on the Minnesota Timberwolves which truly desperately needed that game. And maybe Jamal Murray watches the Sports Opinion Log on TikTok. You could find me There at Sports Opinion Log. Jamal Murray made a lot of history last night. He has the most 40-plus point games in Denver Nuggets history. And he has more 40-point playoff games, five, than regular season games, four. Third player in NBA history, to have such a stat line. That is crazy. This is how crazy it is. Jamal Murray has four 40-point games in 410 regular season games, but he has five 40-plus point playoff games in just 34 games. That speaks legendary to me. Jamal Murray was 13 of 22 from the field, 6 of 10 from 3. Anthony Edwards, 41 points, 14 of 23 from the field, and also 6 of 10 from 3. This is a classic game because of how it played out. 
the Denver Nuggets had a 20-point lead, but entering the fourth quarter, they were actually down 89-87 to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who could not close out the deal. And for that, I will be blaming Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, but before I get into blaming Cat, I also want to add that at home in Denver, at the Ball Arena, Jamal Murray hadn't even dropped a 30-point playoff game. So I know Denver Nugget fans are happy to see that he lit it up. And Nikola Jokic, an assist and a rebound shy of a triple-double, 27 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds. That's crazy. Anthony Edwards, he was gunning. Gunning. Now, I had said Denver Nuggets in six. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves have been a disappointment the entire season as they are ranked eighth. But let's get back into putting the blame on Carl Anthony Towns. 10 points, 3 of 12 shooting. In this series so far, the two games, he's only scored 21 points on 8 for 27 shooting. That will not get the job done. Carl Anthony Towns, the worst thing that happened to him in his career outside of the uh, calf hamstring strain that cost him over 50 games was him winning the three-point contest. As far as I'm concerned, he's too in love with the three-point shot. He's too in love with shooting jumpers. Again, 3 of 12 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3 for the 10 points. He had 12 rebounds, but guess what? Only one offensive. That's not going to get the job done. And that bum, Rudy Gobert, 19 points, 8 rebounds. Only two offensive. I Again, I am disappointed because I thought Gobert and Cat and Anthony Edwards, I thought Minnesota Timberwolves had a big three, but the culture of this organization, this team, this franchise, is that lovable losers. Lovable losers. That's what the Minnesota Timberwolves are. Lovable losers. What a game. What a game. And the highlights are sick. Just straight sick. So, there we have it for the Western Conference. (sighs) I think I see something about AD blaming himself. Whatever. (laughs) What's done is done. I know that for tonight, though, we have the Sixers taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Sacramento Kings taking on the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns taking on the LA Clippers. That should be crazy. But you know what? I think I will talk about that just a little bit since I am still here on the West Coast. Uh, On Wednesday, the Phoenix Suns did tie the series at one game apiece. Final score 123-109 as Devin Booker returned the favor and he dropped 38 points on the Clippers. Carrying Kevin Durant. Carrying him. Yes, you heard me correct. Even though Durant did drop 26 points, 
we all know, excuse me, 25 points. Wait a minute, hold on here. They keep changing the numbers here. Yeah, okay, 25 points. So Durant with 25, Booker with 38. We know that the Suns are Booker's team, and Durant will play accordingly to that. Very impressive because I I did talk about the Suns not having a bench. DeAndre Aiden had 14 points, 7 of 10 shooting with 13 rebounds. Chris Paul, 16 points and 8 assists. But it was Torrey Craig hitting 5 of 8 threes who had 17 points. And that, again, is the difference maker in all of this. Who is the X factor that can lead your team to victory? And there he was. You know, also, going back real quick to uh, show some more love to Jamal Murray real quick. Because we have to realize that if Jamal Murray, who I will call the Blue Arrow instead of Bubble Murray, whenever he drops 35 plus points, if the Blue Arrow is indeed back, that can be the difference maker in potentially getting the Denver Nuggets to an NBA Finals. Because everybody is healthy for the Denver Nuggets. Aaron Gordon, 12 points, 10 rebounds. Nice double-double. Michael Porter Jr. dropping 14 of his 16 points in the fourth quarter. That is really stepping up big time. So, we'll see. Uh, Obviously, the way they kind of stumbled towards the end of the regular season, the Denver Nuggets had me feeling that they were more pretenders than contenders. But if the Blue Arrow, Jamal Murray, is back in the building, well, let the league be put on notice. And I'm sure Denver Nugget fans would uh, love to see that. So I do, I will talk about just really quickly because I had called it that I thought the Miami Heat would be able to beat the Bucks in the absence of Giannis. Again, another game two, right? There for the taking. However, it would be the Milwaukee Bucks dropping, raining 25 threes <laughs> on the Miami Heat uh, to drop them in a 2-0 deficit. Final score, 138-122. Brooke Lopez, 25. Drew Holiday, 24. Good Lord. The Bucks shot 25 of 49 from three-point range, which matched an NBA record for three-pointers in a game. Wow. Pat Connaughton, playoff high, 22 points. He shot 6 of 10 from behind the arc. Very impressive. And sadly, I guess, you know, I thought Miami with their defense, you know, the Bucks also have a stifling defense as well. But uh, it clearly was way better than game one 
when they shot 11 of 45. So the shots were definitely falling last night. Um, I did make mention of a tie. So that the previous one was the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers who made 25 threes in a 123-98 victory over the Atlanta Hawks in game two of the 2016 Eastern Conference semifinals. Being a sports historian, I have to note these things, you know. So, yeah, Brooke Lopez came through. Damn. You know, it, it's, let's just face it, the Miami Heat, you know, not, no Tyler Harrow, Broken Hand, Duncan Robinson, Victor Oladipo, 15 points, Bam Adebayo. I don't want to say a cast of clowns. Well, Kevin Love with four points isn't going to really help the cause either. Bam had 18 points, but only five rebounds. Sadly, well, actually, you know, it's crazy because the Miami Heat had good points off the bench. Owen Depot with 15 and C. Martin with 15. <sighs> but let's be real, like, you know... To number one versus a number eight. And, you know, the opportunity that was there with no Giannis, they couldn't take advantage of because <laughs> the Miami Heat were unable to defend the three point line accordingly. Crazy. So, we will now get ready for the games that we have going on tonight. We have three of them. My end closing will be. Draymond Green, obviously suspended for this game because of his antics and how he moves and how he acts and all the social and the media manipulation that I'm seeing and reading. It's just all baffling to me, to be honest, because I just don't see how people can side with Draymond Green the way they do. The man has a known history of grabbing players, pushing players, shoving players, stomping, kicking at them. He delivered two nut shots to Steven Adams back in the day when he played with OKC. And, you know, honestly, that's when I really learned or felt that today's NBA players were soft. And, you know, I'm an OG. I'm not going to talk about the uh, 80s when, you know, fighting on the court was kind of the norm. Or even the 90s to an extent in terms of the physicality of it. The Jordan rules, the Detroit Pistons beating and hammering on Michael Jordan every time he went to a layup line. Like, if you look at the footage of back then with the way today's game is played... You look at it and you're like, man, you know, I can see why people say if Michael played in this era, he would be averaging 40 to 50 points. It is conceivably so because, you know, David Stern had to clean up the game to make it faster. You know, they got rid of the hand checking, which I always had an issue with, you know, them getting rid of the hand checking. 
But the game has still evolved. More offense, less defense. Everybody's jacking up threes. The corner three. The analytics is the most loved shot. And honestly, at this point, I feel that for players with range like Curry and Trey Young and even LeBron from time to time who shoot these logo threes, add a... Add another spot. Make it a four-pointer. Make it a five-pointer. <laughs> you know, you'll have to refix and recalibrate um, the statistics if you add, you know, maybe a dash or something. Add another line that would probably jumble up the court. But I'm sure if you put some dashes, you know, just like the restricted area in the paint, if you put like a little curve a little C somewhere past just over midcourt, you know? Because dudes do be shooting, trying to get four-point plays by shooting threes and hoping to get contact. So if you have the Trey Youngs and the Currys shooting these logo threes, give them an extra point or two. Why not? I mean, like, offense is what it's about at the end of the day anyway. But back to Sabonis and Draymond, you know, yes, Sabonis did grab his leg, but it wasn't like he grabbed at his leg as he was running away. He grabbed his leg while he was standing still. Draymond Green chose to stomp and push off of Sabonis's chest area, bruising his sternum. What are we not understanding about this? It's really crazy. The social and media manipulation. The ignorant masses and the sheeple. Brain like the mindless cattle that they are. Oh, Draymond Green. It's unfair. Free Draymond Green. Like, what about the antics while the referees are coming to uh, a decision? He's putting his hand to his ear like he's Hulk Hogan. He's jeering with the fans. And then he runs to the refs. And then skips away and runs into the tunnel. I'm like, the commissioner was there, you know. Adam Silver. And of course, Draymond Green, who's in love with himself, loves to hear himself talk, runs onto his podcast to talk about it. Same old tired antics. And then, of course, there's rumblings that the younger players for the Warriors feel that they're not getting enough minutes. Oh, my God. Steve Kerr needs to get it together and find out what's really going on. Now, if the Kings take this third game, (laughs) you best believe the Golden State Warriors are done. Because the statistics show no team that lost its first two playoff games has gone on to win an NBA championship. And even more damning, No defending champion that lost the first two games in the first round went on to defend their championship. They were shown the door. Three of the four were swept. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what Steve Kerr and the Warriors are about. But most and more importantly, we're going to find out what the Sacramento Kings are made of. 
Because if they could go into enemy territory and take game three, well, in all likelihood, it will be a wrap for the Golden State Warriors. But we will be finding that out later on tonight. And speaking of tonight, I need to get ready for that. So let me get on out of here. Thank you, sports fans, very much for tuning in. Until next time, Lex Anderson, signing out. Thank you.